Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Football is back. And BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, to receive your 50% welcome bonus. On your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Topic Thunder. We have an awesome guest today that I will introduce here in a second. But first, I got to holler at my boy down south sitting in his car right now. Alex Rodriguez in the house. Uh, Alex, what's up, man? How you doing? Doing good, man. Every day is closer and closer to, uh, to training camp, to the regular season. Just got my, you know, just got the notification from the Thunder themselves that a training camp will start on August, October 2nd. Nice. So I will be there. I don't know about you, but I will definitely try my hardest to be there. I'm going to need you to get sick that day. Dude. So <laughs> I was, I was already thinking about this earlier after you sent me the text. Like, so I, I work sales is what I do. And I have to work a pipeline and kind of balance everything out. So mm-hmm. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold pigeonhole some stuff like next week. And I'm going to have it all close on the first. So I'm like almost a goal. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm prospecting this day. <laughs> and really and truly, I'm going to be at the uh, facility uh, at media day with you. So I can't wait. Um, it's going to be freaking awesome. But um, shout out to Alex for always getting us on with that, by the way. He built the relationship first. And um, we've been riding those coattails for like six years now. So um, appreciate you, man. Mm-hmm. Um so without further ado, let me interrupt my guest. So listeners, this is not going to be as good as Dylan's. Okay. I'm just letting you know right now, I'm going to do my damnedest. Um, and, it's, and it's like a paragraph, man. It's yeah, like, it is. It's long. This is, this is heavy. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put more effort into this intro than my dad put effort into me his, my whole life. So, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so without further ado, Uh, Joining us today is a man that hails from the greater Toronto area of Canada. During his time in the north of the border, he has covered sports in a variety of different publications. Whether it's in his writing, through podcasts, or another form of media, this man has been providing content for years. He has worked with Raptors Republic, TSN, 
Spotify, and The Score. He is now the lead NBA reporter for SDPN Inc., as well as sideline reporter for the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Here to talk about our favorite team and what he was thinking when he made a fake shade trade this time last year. Oh, Please God. welcome Candace oh, Had to throw the fake shade trade in there. Had to throw it in there. I, I mean – I've even been living he, it. Hey, yeah. you knew you knew you were Daniel coming into the Lions den. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Thank you, man. Yeah, that is that is quite the intro. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, that Shea trade, always an interesting one. Always a very, very interesting <laughs> one. I, I still get people coming back to me and saying, like, how dare you? You know what I mean? When it comes to that. So it's, well, it's I, that you guys brought it up. I remember it now, and there was a few people in Thunderland that co-signed that trade with you. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was just like, y'all are all on crack. So, um, it's okay hey, though. Hey, right. Hey, when you're, when you're on the other side of the fence, you might as well go ahead and, you know, throw your hail, hail Mary to see if it works out. Exactly. If it, yeah. if it works out, you look great. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and it definitely would have, it definitely would have. So, cause believe, hey, cause believe me, whenever Joel Embiid or Giannis and Kubo come onto the market, we're going to be making some stupid ass trade, you know, offers and, <laughs> <laughs> and seeing how they work on Twitter, on X, whatever it's called nowadays. Oh yeah. Well, if if according to Elon, it's X in parentheses, formerly known as Twitter. Every time I get an email, it pisses me off. Um, yeah, I legit crazy. get mad. I'm just like, come on now. Um, no, we're gonna talk on that shade trade later on, right? We're gonna get into the weeds on that a little bit later. So we like to kind of just do a high level overview. Um, kind of your background and, and what's got you interested in basketball, right? And, yeah. and wanting to work in it. So um, how did you first come into the game of basketball? Man, I, I started, like like a lot of people, started playing it really young. Um, yeah, just got into it that way, uh, introduced to it, you know, from my family, friends, and just like some of my friends that were playing in the neighborhood. Started playing it, uh, got into it pretty seriously when I was a kid. Never really got that far with it, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you do the whole thing. You try out for high school basketball, played ba high school basketball for a little bit, even coached um, for a little bit there as well. And then, you know, eventually got into writing about it. And then that kind of spiraled into a whole career based nice. on it. Th there's, th there's like a long-winded version. But yeah, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the summary of it. Yeah, we all hoop as kids to become podcasters and sideline reporters. <laughs> yeah. so I, yeah. I think that's exactly the MO in, in this world. Um, and even if you never played high school basketball, you still try to get into the game because the, the NBA is just awesome. awesome. So, and if he says absolutely like Dylan does, I'm going to have to roast him. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. So, just for, you know, so you know. That's Dylan's favorite word. So Thunder Chats, that's his favorite word in the world. Anytime okay. he says it, I have a counter usually um, <laughs> where I do tick marks over here and I count it with oh, my fingers. Or, or he takes a drink and he dies by like five minutes into the podcast. Yes. <laughs> One or the other. One or the other. So um, if you say absolutely and I chuckle, I apologize. But okay, I kind of don't all, at the same time. Um, so, you know, I think we all know the answer to this. You're from Canada. You yep. know, who's your favorite team and have they always been? And then, you know, secondary to that, what's your most coveted memory of being a fan? Uh, yeah, I look, I started off being a Raptors fan. Um, it, yeah, that that's kind of what happens when you live in Toronto, Canada. I mean, they were kind of the first team I got access to. 
but I, it's hard for me to say that like they were some of the core memories for me growing up. Like, obviously, I have an affinity towards some of the teams that they had, like the the Chris Bosh teams, the later stage Vince Carter era, and mm. you know, just growing up in that era and seeing those teams really struggle. Uh, it, it, I still have an affinity for them, but. You know, obviously, when it comes to memories I've had from Raptors land when I was young, um, probably Jose Calderon turning the ball over in game six against New Jersey. That's Ooh, that's like, that's yeah, that, that really that that still stings. Richard Jefferson still in that ball. Really hated it. Um, let me see what else is out there. Chris Bosh hitting a game winner against Atlanta for them to clinch a playoff spot. Pretty sure that happened a little bit yeah. later. Yeah, these are like random memories that I have from when I was you know, a little bit younger, uh, growing up, becoming a Raptors fan. I think that's that's sort of the the beginning of it all, if you will. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised I'm I'm surprised hearing you hearing you say these memories and not mentioning the Kawhi corner shot in Game Seven. Well, yeah, but like, is finals. that is that a memory? Like, I was I was in school, like I was I was ready to become a broadcast journalist when that thing was happening. So does that really okay, count as like you. a? I got you. you know what I mean? I I could say yeah, the Kawhi shot, Kyle Lowry hitting the uh, the half court shot against Miami. That's always a crazy one. Uh, them obviously making to the conference finals the Lebronto era where we just got destroyed by LeBron every single year. Like, yeah, there's, there's, there's all of that. Right. Um, you know, Toronto, especially over the last, I would say decade, uh, not only has its basketball team grown into, I think one of the more stable franchises, although maybe not so much right now, um, you know, through they've become one of the more successful franchises over the last decade. Um, and the city has with it, which is another interesting yeah. part of this is like the city has also grown. Uh, as that's grown, which is a very cool, cool aspect. Sounds very, sounds very interesting. I think, uh, I think we have kind of a, a mirror situation going on here in Oklahoma City, where the Thunder, of course, have over these past fifteen years, have turned Oklahoma City into more of a, uh, of a tourist destination, of a city that people want to stop by and just want to explore and see, cool. you know, what the what all the talk is about. Um, I, I do want to ask you this: so we used to have something here um, in Oklahoma City called Thunder Alley. You know, okay. where people gathered outside. And I think it was probably one of the first places that kind of did that, where it, it showed on TV during our early playoff runs. Um, and, of course, some idiots brought some guns, pop, 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 wow. and shut it down. Um, nobody got hurt. Nobody, you know, I mean, I think a person got shot in the leg, but nobody got killed. Yeah. Um, but I see your Jurassic Park. Number one, okay. your experience with Jurassic Park. And number two, just how – how cool has it been to see that grow as the team has gotten better and as the team has gotten, I guess, more mature in, in its uh, time in, in Toronto? Yeah, it's been awesome, man. And and I think if you ask people in Toronto, for the most part, they'll probably say they're one of the you know first NBA teams to, to you know put that thing out. I don't know what year exactly the Thunder decided to do the Thunder Alley, but um, – I mean, like when it comes to Jurassic Park and what they've done over the last 10, 15, I would say about 10 years, uh, it's been great to see they expand it every year to make it bigger mm -hmm. and better, uh, which is a cooler part of this. It becomes sort of a hub for sports just because, you know, the Maple Leafs, they also play in the same arena, hockey. Uh, I don't know if you guys are, are big hockey people. I'm not, but like, you know, they, they play in the same arena. They do that same hosting thing as well. Whenever there's Leafs hockey games and playoff games, 
Uh, the Blue Jays play only a block down the street from there. So it's just like that area is awesome. very, very much so a sports hub. So to add Jurassic Park to the mix, it's just it's very cool. I would highly recommend you guys, if you guys ever get a chance, come to Toronto. It's a very like I mean, obviously to us, it's it's regular and normal, but I think it would be a very cool an interesting experience, especially, you know, it's, I imagine it's different from Oklahoma city. Like I would love to come to Oklahoma city one day just to be able to experience it and see, see what's up, especially go to that haunted hotel. I heard there was a haunted hotel. Right? <laughs> Skirvin. Yeah. It's only haunted. If you're playing for the other team is like the, <laughs> All right. the running yeah. joke here. Like you have to be an opponent that night or the night before for that to, uh, to get haunted. Um, no, and I don't think I can afford a jacket to keep me warm enough up there because it is <laughs> colder than a witch's titty would, in a brass bra. It, so. it gets all right. It gets all right. Like, I would say, like, summer, obviously, like, right now, it's starting to, chill, like, get a little chilly. But overall, it's... it's what, 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 is, what is a little chilly? Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know the Fahrenheit. Uh, all right, so Celsius. What yeah, is yeah. it? Metric. Or what's your metric ass? Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Celsius is like right now. It's probably like twenty degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. I have no idea. Like not sixty. Even. Yeah, you know, give or take in that area. So that's not too like, bad. Like we just went through two months of like a hundred and ten degree weather. No, I know. Every I was. Day. Yeah, I was in. I was in Arizona literally four or five days ago, and it was like a hundred and a hundred and ten, and like that. That's unbearable. I can't even. Like I, like, there's no Canadian, way. Canadian Canadians die in that weather, right? Yeah, we do. I was pretty close to death a couple times. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's actually wild how many people are snowbirds from Canada during the winter that go down to Phoenix and spend their, oh, yeah. their winters down in Phoenix. And it's like 80 and they just live life down there. Like it's the greatest thing ever. So yeah. Yeah, um, I, think, I, think, I think they're the biggest population out outside of like Americans in Florida is, is Canadians just yep. because like they live, they love living there in winter. Yep. Uh, yeah. We definitely snowbirds love to fly down South. That's for sure. It's wild. It's absolutely the wild. Migrations. So, you know, what kind of got you into basketball coverage? Yeah, I, I started writing um, at this website uh, called Def Pen. And that was that was a while ago. That was I like at the start of the Messiah Jury Raptors, you know, tenure. I think it was like 2012, 2013. Um, so I started writing there, uh, worked there for a really long time, just doing like game recaps and, you know, breaking news and things like that. Eventually, I decided to go for to school for it uh, because I enjoyed it. And I was like, hey, like if you're good at something, why not try to get some money for it? Um, and I went ended up going to school for it for two years here at the College of uh, Sports Media in Toronto. Decided to do broadcasting with with a goal of being on air. Did some stuff, as you guys said, in the whole intro spiel thingy, did some stuff for, for TSN and Raptors Republic and then the score. Uh, and now I work at SDPN, which is it's more of a, a of a startup company here in Toronto. Um, they, they've been doing things on the hockey side for a really, really long time, but they've just started to venture out into other sports, including basketball. And they obviously they have me at the helm trying to do the thing on the NBA side. So a little bit different of a challenge, but it's been fun nonetheless. Is that a, is that like Canada's version of ESPN? No, 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 no. So okay. TSN, TSN, what I, I actually used to work at would be the ESPN version of, of it here. Um, but SDPN is more just like a digital media platform. So, you know, YouTube, podcasting, all that type of stuff. 
So like, uh, who's it? Uh, Shams does the stadium. Yeah, stadium. So uh, like, you know, I think I think a lot of people have made the comparison to like the Ringer. We're trying to do something similar to that, I guess. Uh, stuff like that. Okay. Well, the Canadians deserve it. That's for sure. <laughs> um, they deserve it. So, uh, segueing over to some Thunder talk now. That's why we really yeah. wanted to bring you on because I don't know. You said that you wanted us to trade Shea, so here you are. <laughs> Look, uh, I, I, by the way, before we get into all of that, uh, before we get into all of that, because because it's fun, it's fun. But like, um, it, yeah, you know, as a as a person who covers the Raptors and has covered the Raptors for the last couple of seasons, uh, obviously SGA has been front and center on the, you know, oh man, maybe potentially one day thing. And I would just like to say, I would like to declare it here that that ship has sailed. It is done. It is. <laughs> let's put a nail, five nails in the coffin on that ship because he has officially reached a level if, at which it's just not attainable for someone to say, hey, we're going to go and trade this person to go and get SG. It's just not possible. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. there's the Joel Embiid's, the Giannis's of the world that have their trade rumors right now and and, you know, them kind of being more vocal about them wanting out. And even in that situation, it's going to be tough for any type of team to acquire them. Now, I'm sure the Thunder have a different conversation about that just because of their asset, you know, the, the assets that they have locked and loaded. Mm. But but my point is that when it comes to SGA, the ship has sailed. He is most likely going to be a Thunder for a very long time. And he has reached superstar level. We saw that in the FIBA World Cup for Canada. We saw that last year. Um, and it's it's been a joy, man, as a Canadian, just to be able to witness what he's doing and re the heights that he's reaching. It's genuinely incredible. You're going to have Raptors fans following the Thunder this season just because of Shea. So they're, they're kind of our Raptors West, if you will. There you go. <laughs> hey, let, 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 before, before we jump into the Thunder, let me ask you about, about the FIBA experience and sure. you know, Canada's rise into, into being a contender on the world stage. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, look, it was incredible, man. Uh, just covering the team, seeing how they kind of rallied together, going to training camp. Um, a lot of people were talking about how Shea was just, he was the leader, like he was the glue guy of this entire team. The fact that he was really committed to doing this this summer and also on top of that, getting other guys committed. Like when, when you have a player of that caliber who is willing to commit to a three-year uh, essentially a three-year window for them to go this year, next year to the Olympics, and then try again after that. To have a player of that caliber commit made it so that these other guys, the Dylan Brookses of the world, the Nikhil Alexander-Walkers of the world, et cetera, et cetera, they're able and willing to commit more too. So I just, I thought like from the get-go, Shea's buy-in just seemed like it really elevated not only the stakes, but it elevated the talent level, the commitment, everything to it he just he was such a poised leader throughout of it and obviously he was incredible uh on the court as well just absolutely cooking guys which is which was a joy a joy to watch watching hey, him in, in in red it was cool to watch for at least a month hey yeah. just to let you know there's a whole bunch of oklahomans that were cheering for team canada this year i believe it man i believe yeah. it yeah of course yeah well I, look you guys we got we had two of your guys on there right lou dort mm -hmm. sga yep. um and it i'm sure it was it was really really special for you guys to see those guys as well i think i think the same thing applies to you know a lot of raptors and canadian basketball fans who are going to be watching okc this year because man you guys are looking good you guys are looking good going into the next season 
Yep. Yep. I didn't say I, I didn't even cheer for Team USA this year because the team was a bunch of bums. Um, <laughs> probably one of the worst teams we've ever put together. <laughs> um, well, no, it's just changing the guard, right? It's all yeah. changing up. So I, hey, I get Steve, it. Steve Kerr wanted a team. He didn't want a he he didn't want an AAU squad of superstars. He didn't want the G League ignite of of basketball. He wanted a team. The so the fact that he was role coaching, players in there. No, that the fact he was coaching was the problem. Like Josh. he had he had no business coaching that team. Get the f out of here, dude. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm a big Steve Kerr hater. Fair enough. Um, no, but it's it, it was awesome to watch just seeing all the highlights and whatnot, and then like literally. Team Canada just being blessed all over the FIBA Twitter Twitter account like yeah. every single day. That was that was real cool. Um, so now I get to segue over to some Thunder talk real quick. Yeah. So Sam Presti, it's the middle of the night in the summer, about four years ago. My wife wakes me up out of a sleep and says, Paul George's been traded. I wake up confused, flabbergasted, didn't know where my head was at. I wake up and I see it on ESPN and in the haul that we get. So <clears throat> we trade that off and we get this haul, including SGA, you know, from, from a, you know, basketball savant as yourself. Oh. Did, you think, did you think it was going to work? Did it's you so... think that we'd be this close? I use fancy words. Okay. I'm trying to hide. <laughs> no, up, I right? can't. I can't call myself a basketball savant. There's no way. Uh, okay. I, Shit, even st- like Steve Kerr can call himself a basketball savant, even if you don't agree uh, with that so much. Nope. Um, yeah, I, I, I think um, to answer your question, my fault. I, I know, I know what question you were gonna ask. It, it, did I see that panning out? Um, in as quickly as it has, as quickly, no. Um, be- because I just thought that they were going to, and to be fair, the Thunder have. I, I thought they have tried to not prolong, but they've, they've played the long game for a very long time when it comes to like asset management. So they're acquiring salaries that people might not want for extra picks. They're not necessarily focusing on trying to win now, but even through that, they've done an incredible job of developing these guys. And I think the thing that maybe I didn't expect was the fact that Shea became a star so damn quickly that it it just made it so much easier for you guys to build. Um, and they just nailed a bunch of these draft picks after that process, after the Paul George trade. You think Josh Giddy, you think Jalen Williams, you think obviously Chet Holmgren, who I'm a huge fan of going into next season. Um, and, and you know, there, there's different picks around there that work as well. Jalen Williams, uh, who I think has been pretty awesome for them. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who like, you know, served as a backup big for a little bit. Yeah, I, I just think like they've they've done fringe moves, fringe draft picks that just worked out really, really well. It wasn't just great asset management, but it was also good drafting that did this. Um, and I, you know, not to like make a pa- another parallel to the Raptors, but it it has dawned on me that getting good players from the draft can accelerate a process so quickly because you look at the Raptors' draft history, not over the last ten years, but over the f- last five years, and things haven't really panned out outside of Scotty Barnes. You talk about a a Malachi Flynn, you talk about a Delano Banton, you talk about, you know, guys like that who usually the Raptors could have banked on uh, finding these fringe players. The Thunder have been able to do that over these last four or five years. And that really, really helped. I also think, by the way, like a, a small part of this, not a small part, but a pretty big part is the Chris Paul saga. Um, 
which I feel like is is super super important. Just helping that team accelerate um, as far as you know, just being a little bit more mindful of how to win games. Like they 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 kind of figured out what they needed to do, what the identity was, but then they didn't need to, I guess, emphasize it as much because yeah. they were playing this long game. And and you know, Sam Presti, I'm sure you guys know, uh, is is a an ace when it comes to asset accumulation. So like, yeah, they played the long game. And and now I don't, I don't know how you guys feel. Love to hear how you guys would feel about this whole situation. But like, now I feel like you're in a situation where you don't have to play the long game as much. Um, And I even, I even talked about it in like the OKC season preview that I did. It's just like at some point, whether it's this season or next season or, or this summer, whenever, like you got to start asking yourself when, they're going to be, you know, kind of going in for it. Um, push the button. Push the button, as you would say. Yeah, the no. the Embiid's are around the corner. The Giannis is around the corner. Um, and I don't know. The dot, dot, dot. I have no idea where yeah. that thought was kind of going, but just wanted to throw it out there. I think that we try to make some moves before the deadline and just try to bring some things in. If we don't make it at deadline, I think we're going all in next summer. Like yeah. a huge dump you know, just to go ahead and finalize out that roster um, and have them be in a good spot to make a deep playoff run, you know, not this season, but the season after. So the next, yeah. I think, you know, I think the, beautiful, the beautiful thing is that we have options. So many teams have limited options when it comes to roster building. And we literally have every option available to us. We have draft picks. We have young players. You know, we have now we have a couple tradable contracts, you know, Lou Dorth, yeah. um, Davis Bertons, you know, those bigger in the 20s and in the, in the teens type uh, contracts. And so we have options, you know, whereas other teams are extremely limited as to what they can do. When you attach options to a GM like Sam Presti, I think, you know, the, 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 the world is your, you know, is your pearl. Like you can just go ahead and get whatever you want. Yeah, I I really hate your face for even mentioning Lou right now and all this, but um, I mean it, it is what it is. I know you love Lou, man. And I, yeah, you know, I love you, Lou. I hope you're doing well because I know you're listening. Um, screw everybody that ever talks about trading you. Um, <laughs> best defender in the league, hands down. Don't not, go argue a wall. <laughs> hey, uh, Luka Doncic agrees with you. So yeah, yeah. best defender. So um, so keeping this thing moving. Uh, we're speaking about OKC. We talked about Sam, some of the players and whatnot, you know, during this rebuild. But another piece changed. It's OKC's coaches, OKC's coach being staff, right? Yeah. What's the name of our coach? Yeah. See, I saw this question when you guys set it up, and I thought it was so disrespectful. You know, it, it, <laughs> he does this to everybody. He I'm does just, this to everybody. Mark, that, come on, man. You can't, you can't Mark Dagnall. Okay? okay. There you go. Here you go. Thank the pronunciation. You. I hey. got it all for you. Ready to go. Yeah. You know what? You know what? Number <laughs> number one, number one, we sent you the question beforehand. So I don't know if you cheated or not. <laughs> yeah, number right. But number two, no, no, no. But number two, this this is this is good for Coach Dagnall because you know, up to like last year and even the year before that, if you asked who the OKC coach was, people had absolutely no idea. You know, and it's he it's look, kinda, he, he got he almost got coach of the I think he, he did. did coach of the year buzz last year right like he did yeah yeah, yeah second yeah. yeah um and and like 
I think there's a pretty good chance if the Thunder make a leap this year into top six territory that he's he might win coach of the year. I don't know. I, 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 I this is it was just crazy to me that that was a question. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. Of course, of course, I know Mark Dagnall. Yeah. Well, it's, we're, we're starting. We're starting. We're starting to realize that basketball heads know who he is. Yeah, yeah. General public, general public could be a different story. That's, Basketball heads are starting to know who he is. That's entirely fair. I I guarantee you, right now, if you were to ask a random, maybe casual fan who the Utah Jazz head coach is, they would have to second guess themselves. Oh, oh, Willie, Willie Hardy, Willie Hardy. It is true. Yeah. Fair. So, uh, keeping it moving. You yeah. Know, what were your expectations of OKC coming in this last season? Last season, I, I honestly, I just. Uh, man, to to be honest with you, every season it's more just like, okay, are they going to uh, commit to? Because you guys know more than me that they like to go through a bunch of different rotation changes throughout the season, right? They will do whole lineup changes throughout the year, uh, swapping out another bench group for another one, uh, kind of sh- seeing who works and seeing who doesn't. There's like Aaron Wiggins who gets thrown in there. Obviously, Isaiah Joe panned out last season, so that was incredibly huge. But like. They're not Mark Dagnall isn't afraid to switch things up and just test things. Uh, And I think that was my biggest question going to last season. It's like, okay, how much experimentation are we going to see? And and especially with Chet Holmgren missing the year, it was kind of like, okay, how are they going to survive the big man battles? You know, who's going to step in? Is it going to be JRE? Is it going to be Jalen? Like, what are we going to see? Um, those, those were coming some of the questions I thought maybe they could get into playing territory. They obviously did. Yeah. And it was, it was awesome to see them kind of beat new Orleans in a pretty convincing fashion, especially with the games that those, you know, the stars for OKC had and giddy and Shay, uh, it showed that they can kind of rise to the occasion on a major stage. And I think, you know, looking ahead and I'm sorry, I, I know this question's coming, so I guess you're I'll fine. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah bury the uh, lead. <laughs> when it comes to like why they lost to Minnesota in that playing game, it was um, just not having an answer for their size, right? Not having an answer for Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert in the middle, uh, having to be super aggressive, trying to force turnovers, get out and running. And that was the the MO all season, right? All season it was, hey, let's play this ultra aggressive defensive scheme. Let's force turnovers. Let's get in transition because SGA is a transition whiz. Giddy is a transition whiz. Lou Dort can be a good transition player, et cetera, et cetera. But now I wonder, you know, with Chet in the equation, if they can maybe be a little bit more conservative so that they don't have to be too aggressive so that they don't get exposed in the interior with, by a Carl Anthony Towns, by a Rudy Gobert, by a Jokic, whoever it would have been, right? Um, I think that was probably the reason they lost to the Timberwolves. And I think – they have a solution now. Um, at least, at least one. We'll see. But in chat, yeah, yeah. Well, and you buried two leads all in that one. So, uh, great job, great job. My bad. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, I love it. I love it. This is just makes it easier on me. I don't have to talk as much, and I'm because I'm not as smart as everybody. So, um, so speaking of this core and kind of where we're at, uh, how would you rank the Thunder's core right now, one through five, one uh, being okay. the best? Yeah, so I was going to ask you, like, do you mean in terms of importance or just best player? Um, let's do as a, as an importance because I think that that's really 
kind of where the we're at right it. now. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Well, number one is is SGA. He is the ceiling raiser. He is your MVP level player. I think he can be. I think he is right now. Some people kind of got mad at me when I said this on Twitter the other week or whatever. I, I said SGA is a top ten player in the NBA right now. I think at his best, he can probably be a top five, six player. I mean, he was fifth in MVP voting last year. There's no yeah. reason to even you know, kind of uh, bat your eyes at it or anything. I, I think it's it's pretty convincing that SGA is that level of a player. He's a championship level player. He can he can be either the lead or the 1A, 1B of a championship team at some point. Um, and then when it comes to the second most important player, I honestly think it's Chet. Uh, and maybe that's crazy to say. I'm not sure how you guys feel about that. I just think um, what he brings to this roster, first of all, I – I got to preface this with even coming out of college, I was massive on Chet Holmgren. I thought he was going to be the best player in his class. I think he is going to win rookie of the year this year. Uh, and I just, I'm extremely high on Chet in general. Um, I just think what he provides for that team as a rim protector, as a shot blocker, as a guy who can provide some size on the interior. He's working on his his mid-range game. You know, we saw him work out with KD and whatnot, but he's working on his shot creation a little bit more. If he can stretch the floor for them like he did in college, that is going to be super huge for the Thunder's spacing and shooting problems that they've had, especially last season they had those problems. Uh, and I, I think just in general, Chet and what he becomes is going to be huge for the future of this team. The third player I would put on this, uh, oh man, that's, that's, it's kind of tough between – uh J Dub and and Giddy. But uh I guess I'll go J Dub. I think like having a wing, uh having a wing who just like me he plays mistake free basketball. Like Jalen Williams really you rarely see him make a mistake. Uh even as a rookie that's super impressive. He's a, a, a highly efficient player and score. He's developing his off the bounce game more more as a shooter and creator as well. Uh, I, I think like in general, when you're projecting forward for a contender, you need those type of wings uh, in order to be able to win. Uh, and I think like that's just huge for your team. Number four. Wait, so I guess the, the other two would be Gideon Dort, right? Is I'm, that this is your answer, not mine. OK, oh, this is tough. Um, <laughs> usually. So usually the top four are the ones you mentioned and that number five is the one up for contention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so number four would be giddy. Uh, I just think like, you know, he's shown and especially in that Pelicans game that he just has an innate ability to rise to moments. Uh, he's incredible despite just having like a functional handle, not even having like an elite handle. He is able to get to his spots at will. He's comfortable getting to the rim. Obviously he's, he has the size necessary to be a decent defender at some point in time in his career. Um, yeah, the shooting is always going to be a question mark. The scoring is always going to be a question mark. All of this stuff is things that will have to develop as his career goes forward. And people will continue as this team grows to try and split those two up, try and split Shea and, and Josh up. And maybe, maybe the final version of this team is with those two split up. Who knows? You know, we talked about Embiid. We talked about Giannis. Maybe Giddy is packaged to go and get the, one of those guys, right? No idea. I'm just saying, like, it, it would be feasible to think of it that way. Uh, but ultimately, for right now, 
Giddy makes a ton of sense for this team. He's shown that he can rise in different occasions. And I'm, I'm totally fine with him kind of growing as this team grows into whatever final form it is. And then, yeah, the final, the final guy I probably would have to say is Lou Dort. Um, yeah, I, I just think, like I said with Jalen, sorry, Jalen Williams, um, you need wings. You need guys who are going to be able to guard multiple positions. And, you know, Jerry, you said it, but he can he can defend with the best of them. Um, I think best wing defender in the NBA is kind of tough because there's so many good ones. Um, but I, I think Ludort is absolutely up there. He's played all defense basketball before in his career. He can again. Uh, and I, I, I think the big question with him is always going to be shot selection. Yep. It's going to be being able to, to take and make the right shots, uh, getting more consistent as a shooter. But also, I, I love the way that he attacks the rim. Uh, and I think that's something that's so huge for him moving forward in his career is just being able to like be a battering ram. He <laughs> he's like a human battering ram getting to the rim, and I I, I love that aspect of Ludor's game. So yeah, I would say that's my five. I'm kind of mad at myself though because I really love Isaiah Joe, and I was trying to find a way to incorporate him in there. But he'd be your five six. He'd be your yeah, five six. So that's you fine. Yeah. yeah. No, and. Um... I thought Lou played great during the FIBA he you know, did. with his shot selection. It seemed a little bit more fluid and not forced mm-hmm. at times. And um, yeah, he still missed some around the rim, but you know, his, his three ball looked really, really good in my opinion, better than it has the last three seasons. So yeah. Um, it, but Isaiah it, Joe, it takes a while. Yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah Joe's an incredible shooter. I mean like the on off splits with him on the floor versus off the floor last year was just like a huge part. Yeah, uh, I think it was like plus 20 when he was on the floor or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Isaiah was huge for this team. And I think like to a certain extent, uh, Chet is going to be similarly impactful just because of the floor spacing. I really believe in Chet's shot um, and his jumper, especially just like as a pick and pop guy. So like having Joe, having Chet is just going to open the floor more even like even more for an SGA, for a Giddy for a Lou Dort, for a Jalen to kind of get to the rim. And, hey, those guys thrive there, right? Yep, yep. And what's crazy is I'm going through the questions and you've literally answered like four of them <laughs> all within like the same thing. So hey, you know what? You were really prepped. You no, were, you so were prepped. I, I, I'm doing – I'm going through these season previews uh, on YouTube for SDPN. I'm, I'm like – I'm doing 30 videos in 30 days, one, one season preview a day, uh, and – OKC is probably number one or number two on my league pass ratings next season. I just I know I'm going to be watching a lot of OKC games next year. Uh, And yeah, I mean, look, I'm really excited to watch this team. So I I wanted to make sure I got it right for the preview and obviously for this podcast. You did it. Please please don't please don't judge us based on our Bally broadcast. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they are absolutely oh, really? terrible um just be prepared they are bad and it's, I, and I it's valley it's valley it's not the people we love the people you know we love michael cage we love nick gallo paris lawson chris fisher we love all of them yeah uh, you forgot the most important one who's there nancy lieberman you're you're uh your cougar crush yeah that's that's my boo that's my redheaded boo i love her <laughs> okay uh, i i will i will check in i why am i forgetting okc's bally podcast 
Are you guys still gonna be Bally, even though they're 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 going under? I think so. So far, yeah. I think this year, yeah. yeah, this year, and I think next year is whenever it's gonna get mixed up. The NBA is in a weird spot with yeah. all these regional sports networks kind of like falling off and selling out to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're gonna end up doing because it's that I, I I was in the industry. And yeah, it's it's gonna be a weird timing. Like I either ESPN is gonna pick up do, all these games. All they need to do is allow local broadcasts on NBA League Pass. That's all you need to do. Yeah, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but the NBA, let's be real, they've had like ten years to do that. And they still haven't. Yeah. Um, they still black them out for whatever god awful reason, even if you pay for it. Yeah. Um, even though you still watch the same ads too, which that's the argument is like, well, it's the ad revenue. No, it's not. You're still watching the same damn things. Mm-hmm. Um, cool being stupid. Um, so we kind of, you know, touched on Lou, um, you know, right there at the end there. Do you think that he's underrated, overrated, or properly rated right now? And, and mm. I would say speak it from a fan perspective, because from a player perspective, I think he's properly rated. Right. Yeah. A lot of guys show him respect and love, but from a fan perspective or, you know, an outsider looking in, I think he gets some skewed um, ratings there. Yeah. And, then, and also also take into account that he now makes $16 million a year. Quit right. talking. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> when, he was making, when, no, no, when he was making $1 million a year, no, I, I know. Yeah. And he was a starter on a team. Right. That's, that's a different story. Yeah. yeah now yeah. he's making 16. So, Based yeah. off of that. Yeah, I mean, like, $16 million now is not $16 million when Lou Dort was making a mill. Uh, $16 million right now is like, hmm, like Gary Trent Jr. Well, on the Raptors. Yeah. yeah, Gary Trent Jr. on the Raptors is making like $18 million. He's probably due for like twenty one next year. Uh, Chris Boucher is making $13 million. Uh, I'm just thinking of guys on the Raptors that are around that price range. Uh, I think who is it? Precious is probably due for like an eleven or twelve million a year, maybe four. He's still in the league, Achua. Hey, he's gonna be big for them this year, man. You better watch yeah, out. But um, yeah, no, I I think like Lou for sixteen makes a ton of sense. Um, just because he's an incredible defender, uh, I think he's probably underrated to answer your question to the general fan just because of his defense. Uh, I think the shot selection is definitely the thing holding him back. Uh, and, and from him just being like a proper starter level guy on a consistent team, uh, where you don't have to like, no, no, no. Yes. A little bit, uh, you know, when it comes to it's happened, stuff. It's happened plenty of times. Yeah. 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 I hear you. I hear you. Like, I feel like every team has a no, no, no. Yes. Guy. I mean, I watch RJ Barrett. Uh, for the team Canada, team Canada games, and he's like the definition of a no, 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 yes guy. Well, him and um, D- Dylan Brooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no. Look, Dylan Brooks was awesome, man. I, I, I it was, it was incredible to watch him be like that. I mean, look, if Houston is getting that player, boy. Um, but when it comes to Lou Dort, I think he's probably underrated just because he's like six four, six five on a good day, but he plays bigger than that, so he can guard multiple positions. But he still is six four, six five. So people will always question if he can guard the bigger positions. Uh, and that probably makes him a little bit more underrated. And then obviously the the shot selection aspect is is something that'll definitely have to improve. It's gonna get better this year because we actually have our full deck to play with. Yeah. So yeah. 
that's been my argument with Lou this whole time. It's like he's been playing out of his own scheme for the last three years. Like he's not going to be expected to put that many shots up in the future. I promise. Yeah. Um. So okay. Well, I like that answer. I like that answer. Um. If you can't tell, I am the biggest Lou Homer <laughs> this side of the Canadian Montreal. border. Yeah. Um. I absolutely love that guy. Um. So kind of keeping it moving you know who's your favorite project player that we got right now Hmm, that's that's actually an interesting one probably too easy to say uh chet just because he's not really a project um yeah yeah i i mean like maybe usman diang maybe good one that's a good one yeah i i think just because like he was pretty good in summer league if shooting is something that he can develop like if he can be a genuine stretch big wing type that can knock down some shots for you guys. Maybe he cracks the rotation. Like, yeah, he was a lottery pick last year. You know what I mean? And like, if he can, if he can develop into that, he was good at it in the summer league. If any of that translates over, I think it'd be interesting. He obviously has a size. I don't know what his exact measurements are, but like, he's a big dude. Um, 610. Yeah. There you go. Right. Seven, two wingspan, something crazy, like crazy. Yeah, absolutely. So like I can see him being a good weak side rim protector. I can see him being a guy who can like be really pesky off the ball, like on the weak side, roaming the perimeter, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, if he can hit shots, then like, so be it. That's going to be great. Um, the other guy I would say, and this is not a project, but just like a guy I'm curious about it's Vasilye Micic, uh, which is just like, okay, good job. I got, yeah. hey, listen, man, I was ready. Season preview, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, Michich, Michich is interesting just because, like, okay, he's a six, 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 seven point guard, uh, Euro League guy, has been there, done that, been an MVP on the other side of the pond. How is he going to fit with this team? They already have tons of guards. Casson Wallace is also there. Is it Casson or Casson Wallace? Is it Kate? Kate Casson. And, and if you want to get technical, it's actually Casson. Really? But, okay. Yeah, he right. settled on Casson because everybody in Oklahoma has already butchered his name to that. So okay, all right. He settled for it. Uh, well, well I would okay, Casson. I like Casson more. Um, okay, regardless, Casson or Casson, he's also an interesting guy. Like th- those three, I think, are the ones that jump out. And then like. If you want, we can get into the Aaron Wiggins of the world. And he saved basketball, dude. Like Aaron <laughs> Wiggins literally saved basketball. So he's not a project anymore. If you save the NBA, you're you're him uh, going forward. I love it. I love it. Can I ask you guys a question real quick? Shoot, sure. Out of all the guys that we've talked about, right, and all the guys that we've mentioned, what is the rotation going to look like next season? Because it's it's. So I can already tell you, it's never going to be like an. It's never going to be a consistent. Okay, so we're going to do the same thing as we did last year. I think we. I mean, I I think, I think the five guys that you mentioned. Yeah. In the in the core, I think they're going to get their minutes regardless. Yeah. And then the rest of the minutes are going to be divvied up between like eight players throughout the season. Injuries are going to play a factor. Um, Rest is going to play a factor, but I I definitely think that there's going to be. 11 to 12 players that average at least 15 minutes a game this season god damn well and that that lineup definitely shrinks probably like the last like 15 games of the season right you know what i mean it'll it'll shrink down and then this is my favorite thing about mark as just a coach is 
he plays chess a lot with who he's putting in and for certain reasons why. Um, or like, hey, this guy hadn't got run in a while. I'm going to go run him for the next eight, nine games, you know, right. where he's getting those 15, 20 minutes a game. Um, Trey Mann was a great example of that, where he just had a lot of lulls in his uh, playing time last year. So he um, – I, I think that kind of what Alex was saying, it's going to be crazy until like the last like 15 games of the year, yeah. and then we're going to kind of settle in and get ready, you know, depending on the record. The year before when our record was crap, like it was just pure chaos, you mm-hmm. know, the whole season with our lineups. Like it was – from a fan perspective, it was so infuriating. Um, do you but, think, do you think part of this depends on what kind of start they get out to? Like, let's say they get out to like a crazy start is if it, it let's say they start, I don't know, 20 and five or something like that. Right. Sure. Do, do expectations change? Is it now like, okay, maybe let's tighten the rotation a little bit and make it. I don't nine think so. Yeah, yeah. I no? don't think so. Just because we have to, that's the thing that I think that Sam is going to do a really good job with whenever it does get time to start trading off these players these NBA execs are going to have tape, you know, to kind of go off of in live right. NBA games with some of these young guys that we're going to have to get rid of, you know, down the line, not Lou Dort. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like, it, it's going to end up having to happen. So I don't think so. Like, even mm-hmm. – I think last year we got kind of got off to a hot start, if I'm remembering right. Like, yeah. What were we, like, eight and – no, we were, like, no, we were like, We were always hovering – like the first 15, 20 games, we were hovering around 500. Okay. Well, we, we just had a lot of close games is what it was that first half of the season and where it was just losing by two, losing last possession, stuff like that. So, yeah. um, SGA making game-winning shots. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, it's going to be a crazy lineup again, especially with, with Kaysen, Chet in the mix, because I think he's going to give Kaysen a lot more run this year because mm-hmm. um, everybody's calling him you know, Lou 2.0, but can shoot. So I have uh, heard that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, you know, if that pans out, I don't think so. That footwork and that body balance is something that isn't God's gift that Lou has. Um, It's just, you can't learn that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be nuts. I can't wait. Um, So hey, gentlemen, I have to bow out. All right. Bye Felicia. It's been great meeting you, and it's been great uh, having you on the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, but I'll go and buy out the gentleman. All right. Later, Until Alex. Later. I'll talk to you later, brother. Take care, man. Thank you. All right. Peace out. All right. So what award races do you think that we're in? Um, I, I think Chet for Rookie of the Year. Okay. Uh, I, I would probably put him as the favorite. I know, like, Wemby is obviously there, and Scoot will have some consideration, but – with the whole games play thing and all that stuff, I wonder if that stuff well, it, that doesn't count. I know it doesn't count, but it still counts in the minds of voters. I could see that. I could see that. You I know, guess. yeah, um, I can see. That. I just, I don't know. I just think that that hype. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. I think that the hype around Wimby has been going on. Like I started following that kid when he was fourteen. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like the hype is there, and it's. I think it's going to be kind of a recency bias in this. Mm-hmm you know, new shiny toy that the NBA has got, you know, that's yeah. bigger than Giannis, but can do more than him offensively already. I just think it's going to be tough to uh, beat that. Do I hope that he does? 
Absolutely. To be fair, I think like obviously the Wemby like usage Wemby is going to have him beat just because everything is going to run through Wemby in San Antonio. Whereas with OKC, like Chet is going to be playing in a system. He's not going to be the number one shot taker and maker there. Like, you know, it's going to be. It's going to be more of like the impact game with those two. It's like who's who's winning them more games type of thing. Um, See, yeah. And I would hope so, but you saw that with Jalen Williams last year. Yeah. Against I Paolo. Like I, I, and this isn't my bias speaking. Like I honestly thought Jalen Williams was a better player than Paolo. The only yeah. reason Look, why is Paolo had the usage rate and mm-hmm. he was literally the only guy on that squad because the rest of that team was just a dumpster fire. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's just tough because Paolo had that hype too. You know what I mean? So I I think that the media, uh, the media sometimes just gets skewed and holds on to narratives a little bit too long. Well, keep in mind also like Wemby versus Chet is a media thing. Like, yes, they're going to play into that a lot. And if Chet wins these battles, and then, you know, the numbers are comparable or, you know, OKC's record is maybe they're a top four or five team in the West. Like then things can get really interesting. Um, sure. Yeah. So I, w- I would put Chet for rookie of the year, like as as he's in the race for it at the very least. Uh, yep. Shea for MVP. I think he'd be in the conversation for that as well. Gotcha. Um, Lou Dort, all defense. Kind of makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, why not? You know what I Maybe mean? Maybe he'll get first team like he deserves this year. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Uh, and then any other awards? Like, could there be a most improved for Josh Giddy if he has a massive year? I could see it. It yeah. wouldn't shock me. I'd be surprised because of, again, usage. Like, just like there's like. There's only so many possessions in a game. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but those are the ones that I kind of that kind of like jump out to me. Okay, all stars. Who's going to be an all star on this squad? Ooh, um, yeah. I think I think it's probably just going to be Shea. Just Shea on this. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. I yeah. I mean, man, I would be pretty surprised if if uh, Chet or or Josh end up in the in the all star conversation. I mean, maybe not, but yeah, I would say I would say it's just Shea. I mean, if Australia can rally and vote like they're supposed to true you know it could get close it yeah. definitely could get close i mean what was that guy from georgia i mean you know, zaja Z- used to make yeah, it yeah true, i hate yeah. that guy sorry i wanted to forget his name um <laughs> but yeah he would make it every year just because of the country of georgia and all of his russian friends right yeah. um so okay all right so um let's go to yeah let's go to this question so what's your Best, worst, and your favorite matchup for OKC this year? Team-wise, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so best matchup, uh, I would, you know, let's lean into it. Why not? Let's do the San Antonio. I'm very looking forward to to seeing Wemby versus Chet. I mean, look, USA versus France was a thing uh, for the U19. They're trying to build up this, this rivalry. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah, OKC San Antonio. I'm a big fan. Let's tap in. Worst? Is the other one right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, worst matchup probably is still going to be Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. I, I mean, I love Chet, love him to de- to death. I think like he's going to be great. He's going to be impactful. But there's just very few answers for Jokic. You just there don't. isn't. Yeah, yeah. There's there actually. Yeah, you're right. There is no there answer isn't. for Jokic, uh, and that's not an OKC problem. That's a 29 other teams problem. Yeah. Uh, what is the other one you said? Best worst uh, and just your favorite. 
All right. Okay. So let's let's swap out. Favorite is the San Antonio one. Okay. Uh, and then best, I think they can pretty much match almost any team that likes to play smaller. So the Phoenix Suns, I would love to see them in a playoff series against the Phoenix Suns because, you know, yeah, DeAndre Ayton is a big, but he doesn't play as big as as some would like. I think Chet versus DeAndre would be a pretty good matchup. Then yeah. you have, you know, the Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker trio, and I think the OKC wings uh, would be interesting in terms of guarding those guys. And then obviously you have SGA. So like, yeah, that that's that's a best matchup, I would say. A- anybody who can play small, throw Golden State on them, throw the Clippers uh, who like to play small. Yeah. You know, those those types of teams are the the best matchup for them. The worst matchups are teams that can go extra big, which is like Denver, which is the Lakers. I think would be a tough matchup for them just because they can go super big. Yeah. Um, even Minnesota to a certain like extent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those are those are tougher matchups for them. So those those are the types of teams that they would struggle against, and then the other teams that they they might do better against. Okay. So this is kind of like some rapid fire predictions. Okay. okay. You kind of okay. answered this just a minute ago. So a few of these might be uh, uh, redundant here. Sure. So uh, over under one and a half all-stars under under uh, over under one and a half 20 point scores. Um, what did Josh average last year? Uh, it was like 14. Uh, under. Under. Okay. I have a hot take coming into the season that we're going to have three 20-point scores. Wow. Okay. Which three? Yeah. Is it Jalen? Jalen, Josh, Shea. I think that, that Chet's going to finish a little bit underneath that just because, you know, he's still trying to acclimate to playing the big man right. game kind yeah. of, you know. Um, so I think it's going to take him another year to figure that out. He might surprise me, and it might not be Josh, for instance. It could be Chet, but um, I think J Dub takes that next leap. Um, and I could, I could see, I could see J Dub more than I could see Giddy because Giddy is just so much more of a facilitator, playmaker, passer type. Whereas, like, he just might not get to twenty because he's he's too busy finding other guys. You know See, what I mean? But yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, yeah, I, get, I get the argument, but I'm just like, well, that's actually going to open him up to the lane. And he's yeah, yeah. really not that bad of a mid range, you know, at the rim kind of guy. For sure. Um, yeah. So it, I just feel I can go anyway. I just, I, I think we have three, which is wild. Um, so over under uh, one and a half, all rookie team members. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over actually. Yep. I'm going to yep. go over. Yeah. I think, I think, Casson has a pretty good case. Uh, case and Casson, Casson, whatever you want to call. Him. Uh, and Chet, yeah, I think Chet will probably make it as well. Yeah, well, I, the only concern I have about Casson is the amount of run that he's playing in the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the I amount have. of run and what he does with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So would uh, would one... Michich count in that category? You know, I really don't freaking know on Cause... that. I mean, he's like twenty eight. It's yeah. like that that college quarterback that, or a kicker that's like 31 years old. Like, are you really in college or right? Yeah. yeah. Like so what's happening? Jorge Garbajosa in 2007 was a Raptor and he was 28 or something in okay. that year. And he made all rookie. He made all rookie second team. That, so I think, I think Michich would also be technically a rookie. Yeah. So yeah, I would say over for sure then. Cause there's okay. a chance Michich can make it. Oh yeah. He definitely, yeah. Dude's a hooper, just mm-hmm. a hooper's hooper. Um, over under one and a half all defensive team members. Ooh, uh, I will 
I will go under. I think it'll just be Lou. Yep, yeah, I agree on that one. Um, so what's the Thunder's floor and the ceiling this year? Floor, I mean, look, the West is stacked, right? Is. The, the West is absolutely stacked. I said this the other day, but there's like 11 teams that could crack the top six. So it's it's tough, right? It's going to depend on injuries. It's going to depend on health. It's going to depend on who's winning the back-to-backs, et cetera, et cetera. Like, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's not going to depend on who's better, really. There's like three or four teams that are probably ahead of everybody else in Denver, in Phoenix, in you could argue the Lakers, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, see, never wants to, but then, but then, when it comes to the rest, it's like it's it's a it's a rat race. It's whoever yeah. ends up being healthiest. Um, at the lowest, I could see OKC being a playing team again, right? Uh, whether that is the ten, whether that is the nine, I'm not sure, right? Yeah. Um, but at its highest, I could see this team being like, dare I say, the fourth best team in the Western Conference. It, that's how wild of a swing it could be for OKC. And that yeah. depends on a lot of things. It depends on Chet having, you know, a, a incredible rookie of the year type season. It's Michich becoming a rotation player. It's SGA still being an MVP level player. Maybe Josh and Jalen take steps. Like it depends on those certain things. But yeah, you can see the potential of them being like a top four team in the West next year, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, and it's wild because I think that they learned from last year. They lost something crazy i think it was like 17 games um five, oh, four points yeah five or point yeah oh yeah five or four whatever it was or less and then like had some of the best crunch time you know or clutch time performances damn really let me see in the whole league um like it was up there it was definitely up there i'm not going to say it was number one but it was up there um which i think is super impressive and you put another year underneath your belt mm-hmm. I, I i said that I think that they could be a top three um, if, you know, the cards fell right. Right. Um, like, I don't, I don't think the Phoenix experiment is going to work personally. Wow. OKC played, holy crap. They played a lot of clutch games. Yeah. It was a lot, man. Yeah. But like just the ones that they lost by five or less, it was almost a quarter of the games that they lost. Right. Yeah. Um, or about half the games that they lost. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, quarter that they played. Um, but like, I don't see the Phoenix experiment working. I just don't see it happening. Bradley Bill, Devin Booker, they're both kind of the same type of player. Um, KD, he can turn into that player every so often. I just don't know if it's going to work or not. I think um, your concerns are valid for the playoffs. I th- I, I think yeah, like regular season. Yeah. Yes. Gonna, yeah. 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 And, and that's kind of, I don't know. I, I always think about in playoff terms because that's, that's, that's when the money is on the table. Yeah. Really and truly, you know, um, and then, yeah, Denver's going to Denver, man. Until Jokic falls off the face of the earth or just decides not to come back from Serbia, yeah. um, the league is just cooked. Yeah, um, pretty much. Until that happens. So, um, no, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with your predictions. You know, that's kind of where I'm at. Ceiling or the floor is definitely a play in team because they're not as bad as what some of these other guys are going to be. Yeah. So, um, so what's your prediction for their record? If you just got to stamp one in and seeding, what, what are you stamping in? So you know, they won, uh, what did they win? 42 games last year? 40? Uh, 40, 40. I think 40. we finished 40. Yeah. 40 and 42, I think is what it was. Uh, and I think, what was it? Most sports books. Yeah. I have, they have them at 44 and a half going into this year. Um, Damn. Are you serious? I haven't even looked at the, the lines on that at all this year yet yeah 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 wow uh which is i mean that I, that's pretty good 
44 and a half is pretty good. 44, yeah. let's say they won 45 games. 45 games last year would have had them as the fourth best record in the West yeah. with the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think that's doable. I can see them winning 45 games next year. Uh, and yeah, look, yeah, screw it. My prediction is 45, 45 wins. I like if you want me to go all out, one of my craziest predictions, one of the things that would be the most spicy is that I could, I genuinely could see this team winning 50 games if like everything breaks right. Yeah. But everything has to break right for this to happen. Chet yeah. has to have a rookie of the year season. You know, you, you mentioned with Josh and, and, you know, Jalen maybe being 20 plus point game scores, they, they'd have to do that. Lou Dort is an all defense player, SGA is in the MVP race, and then they win 50 games. Like that's, yeah. that's the only way that happens. But there's, there's a world. There's, you know, Doctor Strange's universe, there's a world where that happens, right? It could happen. You just don't know, right? Yeah. You just don't know. Um, so if you're, you know, you kind of put a spicy take there about the record, but if you had to make just like a hot take about the Thunder this season, other than the 50 wins, what do you think it would be? Uh, I don't know if this is a hot take, but they can win a playoff round. They can absolutely win a playoff round. I think I, like, yeah, I don't know if that's a hot take, but yeah. No, we'll just, no, we'll... no. I, today's world it is kind of, right? Because they haven't done it yet, right? We only got to the play-in, couldn't get over that hump. Yeah. Um, but I wholeheartedly agree. I, I believe in Mark, you know, in coach Mark, I think that that guy does not get enough credit yeah. for what he's able to do and just the way that he approaches his players and the way that he coaches. Um, you just don't see it that often. It's very Greg Popovich esque, oh, yeah. you know, is what it reminds me of. Um, and they both have the acne scars. So it's like fate <laughs> that, you know, he's going to turn into Greg Popovich. 2. Of course. 0. Yeah. It's yeah. fate. 40 uh, years from now, we're going to be looking at him with the white hair and yeah. the beard and all that. <laughs> yeah, Looking like Don Nelson. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Minus drinking beers in the locker room at halftime yes. or wherever else he decided to drink because the guy <laughs> was a raging alcoholic. But uh, if I had to coach those Mavs teams back then, I probably would have too. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, uh, that's rounds up my questions. Cause like I said, you buried leads like a squirrel. Sorry, know, man. I'm, I just, I love, OKC. I mean, like the thunder are maybe this, I'm going to watch a lot of thunder games. You're going to see me on Twitter talk, talking about them a lot. And I apologize in, uh, in advance for the thunder fans that I'm going to be, you know, kind of tweeting with and whatnot, but yeah, like it, I'm going to be watching a lot of OKC games this year. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to cover them and, and watch them a little bit and do some of these breakdowns or whatever that we end up doing throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. I th see, I have not picked my, like my team yet, you know, that I'm going to be high on. I think mm -hmm. it's going to end up being the Pacers though. Yeah. Pacers are a good team to be high on, man. Yeah. yeah I think it's going to end up being them just because of Balal. I wanted him so bad. I had him back when people had him at the back of the first round. I was like, no, this mm -hmm. kid's going to be a lottery type of player. Like, just too good. Um, too many intangibles that he just, he has a good feel for the game, but I think I'm going to go follow the Pacers this year. So nice. we appreciate the support with the thunder because we need all of them. We can get, if you want to move to Oklahoma city before December 12th um, and be a taxpayer for a little bit and come vote for our new arena, that'd be great too. Um, oh, all right. To yeah. 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 You guys are dealing with that right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not fun um, from a, like a diehard Homer, type mm -hmm. fan right it is not fun with where i'm at right now uh yeah. mentally and if this city does not do it i might 
turn into Dante and set this thing ablaze. Um, yeah, fair enough. Hey, look, if, if, uh, I can get a full-time job in Oklahoma city covering the thunder, Hey, we got connections. I don't know if it'll work, but we got connections. Um, I don't know how, how strong they are, but they're there, right? <laughs> they exist. Yeah. yeah we're, we're on a, a head nod. At least I am with the PR guy. I'm on a head nod. What's up, Matt? Type nice, of deal. He nice, doesn't know nice. my name at all. That's fine though. Um, he did tell me one year I did great at media day. So, uh, Very nice. yeah. So we, we got a, we got a bond there. Um, and, all I know is the season ticket reps, you know, the sales reps. So you don't want to do that job. That's, that's for the birds. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, we just want to thank you for jumping on and speaking to us about thunder and getting kind of the, the Canadian spin on it. Right. You're throwing your, the poutine on our, uh, sausage gravy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. just a little bit different. Um, so plug your stuff, man. Where, where can everybody find you at? Yeah, man. Uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at just s Barahenny. Um, go on SDPN's YouTube channel. We're doing a bunch of season previews, including your Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, and yeah, just go support the the stuff. Basketball, it's cool, it's fun. Thank you, thank you. By the way, I appreciate you guys having me on. Yep, and I uh, appreciate your your agility in this. We uh, had to audible a couple times, so all uh, good. Yeah, thank you for that very much. And uh, you heard it, guys. Go start, you know, supporting Canadian websites. Um, we got to oh, yeah. support our brothers up north. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> because, I mean, the, technically speaking, t- two of our favorite players came from up north. Damn right. Um, yes. So, so now you have to, by proxy, support my work. That's yes. It. Yes. <laughs> have, have you, so you, you mentioned it. Have y'all released the Oklahoma City? Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. And it, so. yeah, it's it's actually one of the better uh, performing videos on the on the channel right now. So Dude, yes, we're absolutely. like cockroaches, man. Like you <laughs> feel it's just a little bit of food, and we're going towards it. <laughs> okay, uh, I will. I will keep that in mind for the yeah, rest of the season. <laughs> you want some clicks? Hey. <laughs> Don't say anything about trading for Shea, but it, pretty much anything else is for grabs. Yes. On the city wise and Lou don't say anything about Lou either. That's <laughs> pisses me off more than anything. Um, I'm sorry. I'm a huge basketball, basketball purist. I love defense. Like I like my, it, man. My favorite teams were like those early two thousands Pistons teams. Right, right, right. Absolute favorite teams. Like you're scoring 69 this game in an NBA game. Yeah. Um, and you're going to love it. Uh, and we're going to score 74 because we're mm-hmm. not that good offensively, but we're going to stomp the shit out of you on right. the other end. So, um, yeah, love Lou. Sounds so, like the Toronto Raptors might interest you, my friend. Well, and I might because I've, I've, I've been high on OG. Um, I think yep. Scotty's great. You know, like it's I, I might end up catching some games. I need an East Coast team. That's the thing is I'm always catching West Coast games. Right. I need to I need to catch a, some East Coast. So I'll throw the Raptors on there. Whenever you guys had Kyle and um, mostly Kyle, my wife would vote for him for some god awful reason every All Star game. Um, she <laughs> loves. She is smart. That's why. Yeah, um, a basketball savant, as you would say. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, yeah, we'll wrap this thing up. Um, thank you again so much, uh, everybody. Go jump on that website. Go check out the Oklahoma City Thunder preview from our brothers up north. Um, and we usually do a Thunder up at the end of the game. I know you're Raptors or at the end of the pod. I know you're Raptors fan, so I can do I'll it. I'll Thunder myself. up. 
I'll, okay. I, I don't mind thundering up. No problem. All it's right. Cool. So I'm going to hit this outro real quick. So thank you all again for listening. Hoop when you can. Be nice. Don't be a jerk. Uh, go vote if you live in OKC on December 12th for this new arena because it's going to be great for us and our future just as much as the last 15 years have been. If you have any family members that are wanting to not vote for it or say they're going to vote no, disown them, block them on Facebook and any other social media immediately. I agree. Um, and you might do a flaming bag of poop on their front door. Nice. Um, if you need anybody to supply poop, I will gladly do it. Um, but at last, as always, I need you guys to thunder, thunder up. up. Hell yeah, I wanted to time that right. Got it. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.